0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI. Welcome back. This is Pat from Your Voice First Podcast along with Khalil from the Beautifully Chaotic Podcast. We're here today to discuss the intersection of voice technology and mental health.
1: Yeah, so honestly, the way this all started, Pat, was I was scrolling through my Instagram, and on your voice first page, I saw you post a really interesting picture. Um, For the audience who's listening, there is a conversation between a person and their Google smart speaker. What the person says is, I tried committing suicide, but it didn't work out. And the speaker responds, oops, can you try that again? And honestly, when I saw that on your page, it just led to me starting to think about the interesting ways that this technology and the way people act or interacting and how this tech can easily both help out situations and alleviate situations, does that make sense? Um, yeah, I think, the best, I think the first way to break it down is, what do you think really happened here? So when I was looking at it, I know the tendency of people to kind of play with new tech and just try out things to see how it happens. I think Google gets this a lot. I wanna say I heard of a controversy a while ago with how Google responded to Jesus and how they describe Jesus to a um, person speaking to the bot. So it's interesting to see the same things happening here, you know, kind of like Edgelord-ish lord, edge almost. I feel like what happened
0: was Google just did not hear something and said, oops, can you try again? It, it happens every time that Google doesn't understand anything. It'll just respond, oops, I did not understand that. Oops, can you try it again? I agree. Um, and it was just misunderstanding. But in this context... It, it makes it concerning. It makes it concerning, yeah. And it's, for me as a techie, it really makes me think, okay, well, what, what do we want it to do? Because it didn't understand. And that's the whole thing is it didn't understand. So if it understood, it probably would have responded in a better way. But because it didn't, didn't, it said, can you please try again? That way I can understand what you're telling me.
1: I have a question for you. Do you know, if any, do you know how to respond to a scenario like this?
0: Mm, Do I know how it would? That's a good question Yeah, because
1: I've never tested that before I wish we
0: Alexa I tried committing suicide But it didn't work out
1: Amazing So for those listening at home In case you didn't hear it what Pat did was he actually brought this prompt directly to Alexa, and Alexa responded at first with this message that was very empathetic about how it might not always feel like there might be a better way, but there is. it then it led directly to the suicide help hotline. Really great right there, That's a great response. We don't have a Google device around to test it out right now, but that gives me way more security, being able to look at it and see that these are the ways it's processing it. So leading up to this conversation, I was wondering exactly what we would want from the device if we did that. I think that's cool. Giving the person the ability to sit there and decide if they want to go to the suicide mm. hotline or not, I think that's great. But also mm. with this new tech, we have to remember there's different ways that it can interact. Um, one of the ways is I know that with the Google devices you're able to make calls. Am I right? And with Alexa, you can. Do and the same. with Alexa as well. Mm-hmm. So would we want it to to send a call? Would we want the Alexa to send a call to the suicide hotline after that prompt?
0: I I I for me personally, I feel like that's too much. Your you're taking an action that they might not necessarily want to. I like, mm-hmm. I like this solution because it, it took it in and it did reply with empathy. And, right. then it, and then it said, here's the resource if you would like it. Right. The, I think to create a middle way, maybe they follow up with, would you like to call them now? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's important. Just to remove that extra piece of friction of, I need to remember that phone number. And as I ask Alexa to call it. I have to read it back and make sure that I'm saying it right.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Also, Alexa's just prompt to us, so hopefully she doesn't go on a weird scroll. There we go. But I like that a lot. I I do appreciate that. I I was thinking about that. I think it's best, especially to see that type of response, that's better than if it immediately went to emergency mode. I know these devices have our location. Mm-hmm. I know, they, have, I know they, they know who's present. I know mm-hmm. all these things. I would not like an immediate emergency response. Mm-hmm. I think that it would be ham-fisted if they did do something like call nine one one or I don't know. It's good to prop like that. I think it is. I'm also starting to wonder if we're going to start to be able to find solutions to mental problems through things like these apps. Mm. Somebody, somebody who suicidal might not feel like they can speak to anybody else but the speaker in their room. If we really think about it, I know that that mm. seems a little far off considering the capabilities we have right now. But but these speakers do allow a certain level of intimacy. The same way I think I always like to say that your mind map doesn't just extend to your body, but it extends to the things that are always on you, like maybe your keys or your phone. Mm. I think your phone gets wrapped into a lot of your identity. And the more we interface with our phone, the more, the more special it feels, the, the more awkward it is when somebody else grabs your phone, the more personal that feels. I think the same was going to start happening to our speakers. I think, yes, this first prop might have been a joke or it might have been a way to just see what's happening with Google. But I can see people really turning to these devices for help. Mm. I really can I can, see, I can see these being um, A way to reach out a societal, um, Would you
0: prefer that These kinds of requests for mental health concerns Should be handled first party Or third party um, Explain what you mean First party meaning When when I ask what's the time To Lexi She will give me the time From a first party app right. When I ask her to make a call She will make that call with a first party app right. um, it, th- Those are examples Third party apps Oof. would be like um, Voice First, Tanika Marie, October Jones, um, Progressive, uh, I, National Health Line, the Mayo Clinic, um, your local health see, clinic. that's like- the
1: thing right there. I see the power of both. I see with first party, we would have less worry about data concerns. So, I honestly believe that something like being suicidal or someone who's dealing with mm-hmm. mental health, there's a lot of stigma that comes around with being suicidal. There's a lot of concern of being marked as somebody who's suicidal. I think if we go third party, there's, a, there's going to be a, a friction with what these different apps are really doing with the fact that you're marked as somebody who's mm-hmm. suicidal, marked as somebody who's possibly violent. With a third-party app yeah. because
0: there's all that freedom that they have mm-hmm. to be individual. Yeah. Whereas with the first party, Google is clearly set on stage. Mm-hmm. We will not save any of your audio files mm-hmm. unless you give us explicit permission to do so. Mm-hmm. The default is we do not
1: save. So I like that.
0: So, okay. But, so the, okay, but, but to you.
1: take it a little further, the third-party app will allow for localized mm-hmm. treatment. If it was a third-party app, it would be better. If, um, there's a, Netcare is the one in Columbus. This is a really big place where lots of people go do mental stuff go through. It would probably be proud for them, for them to have their own voice app, for them to have their own way to interact. Yeah. I think as we start to move forward with this type of tech, we have to remember that we are changing the way that we interact in these different interfaces. And I don't think it's too far off for, um, for our healthcare purposes to start being transacted through these apps. We were mm-hmm. both at, voice. We were both at uh, Project, Project Voice, voice last week. We saw how big of a healthcare Great presence conference. there was. Yeah, exactly. Work Great Bradley conference. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we saw how big of a presence there was with health aligning with it. And I think that's going to emerge mm-hmm. more and more. You were there in the press release with Mayo Clinic. Yeah, exactly. We were
0: literally there with some of the greatest minds in voice technology asking one of the biggest leaders in healthcare in a very concise and like conscious setting, what are your thoughts on how we have voice technology with healthcare?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very popular, but I think actually i wouldn't i was my impulse was to say that it's very undecided but i actually feel like we've had a couple of years with voice in healthcare mm-hmm. so i feel like at this point we're starting to see like trends emerging yeah trends emerging and we're seeing it now implemented in actual hospitals and we're seeing yeah. they they were saying during the press release it's a lot of pilot programs right now mm-hmm. it's not like broad but i'd say in the innovators curve we've gone from Innovators to early adopters.
1: You know what I'm saying? Mm, I see that. I don't remember. Honestly, I honestly don't remember most of the curve, but I do. I see that progress. I think the interesting, and not to be the person who's always bringing up security concerns, security concerns. But the interesting thing was how they talked about HIPAA. Is that the law? HIPAA compliance. Yeah, yeah. and how and how why they want to have these interfaces. This data is still medical data. Mm -hmm. but that is still medical data I know they talked about how even the voice alone is going to start to become a a biometric Mm -hmm. it's going to start to become something they process I don't think you were in there with me I was in a session the start of the week where they started talking about Mm -hmm. this idea that you could you could you could you could track deviances in the heart based off of the influx of their voice let me
0: ask you so the technology that you use right now to record your health Mm -hmm. does it save that data locally on the machine only or does it store it in some other cloud
1: I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if it started in another cloud. Does,
0: does it have an internet connection or does it not have an internet connection?
1: My watch has an internet connection, I believe. I will look further into it. I don't want to What about me.
0: other... Um, well, no. yeah, yeah. I'd say that these are definitely connected. These, 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 these are, are connected. Yeah, so, yeah. In so my cloud. So, it's in the
1: cloud. cloud. It's in the cloud. And I understand um, you really want to put me on the Reading Mirror World, honestly. And I think that's part Kevin of it. Kelly, yeah, Kevin founder Kelly, founder of Wired, mm-hmm. wrote Mirror
0: World in twenty nineteen.
1: I think it's a great article that talk, I think it's a great article that talks about this idea of AR. But I think that we're also commi- we're creating lots of AR that's not visual, if you ask me. I think the I think the biometrics are part of them. I think our interactions with voice, I think it's all this one-to-one representation that's going on right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's up there. What I'm worried about when it comes to mental health and and this intersection is stigmatization. Okay, tell me more about that. Um, Stigmatization
0: within using voice technology for mental health or just healthcare in general?
1: Um... Healthcare care in general, mental health specifically, because this person's prompt was about suicide. Okay. And I want to just, I want to reiterate. yeah, Yeah, it's a very, you get stigmatized with suicide. Tell me more. Um, So as somebody who's actually dealt with, um, I, was, I haven't been hospitalized per se for mental health, but my, but my last visit last year while dealing with diabetic complications, I was in a terrible mental st- state, and I ended up getting pink sheeted because I was suicidal at that point. And... Let alone, not even to talk about the tech side, but when doctors pink sheet you, you go through this weird transition of going from a normal person who they talk to and interact with, like an actual person, to somebody with a problem. And they take your robe away and give you a new one. They take all your stuff away, they make somebody sit down and watch you. And I think that what happens with lots of people with mental health is they don't want to go through that process. Um, They don't want to feel like they're crazy and that leads to hiding lots of their symptoms. Hmm. Suicidal people throughout their daily act like normal people. Think about Robin Williams. They act like normal people. We don't see that they're suicidal. So what do you think the difference will be with voice? Like I think Logan? it gives you a way to talk that's gonna be outside mm-hmm. of your friends. So the same way that suicide hotlines gets really popular when it, when, with the phone because it gives, you a, it gives you a release. It gives you a release, being able to make that call, and being able to find um, websites or find Forms or small online communities of people who are like-minded with you. And those are all releases I think a lot about the fact that the speaker is conversational yeah. I think as we get better with natural language processing and things like that. We're it's gonna start to flow more Smoothly if that's a better, the best way to put it. And I think that conversational element might help people out I'll be honest when Alexa responded like that and start off before even give me the suicide hotline with a moment of empathy That, that goes a long way. I can see that going a long way for somebody who's in that position So I'm glad that that we tested Alexas just now and found that they, are, they do have these safeguards. I would assume Google does the same thing. And I think it's just an interesting conversation to have because I think as this tech starts to grow more and as we also have these mental health concerns going on in America more, they're going to collide at some point. They're going to collide. We're going to see where the intersections come. And maybe that might be mindfulness apps. Maybe that might be health apps. Maybe that might be suicide hotlines getting their own voice app or something like mm. that. You never know what it's going to be, but I think it's on the rise. I'm really glad we were able to have this conversation.
0: So for other people that want to continue to follow the Beautifully Chaotic podcast, mm-hmm. Beautifully chaotic podcast. what is the best way for them to, follow, that, um, to follow, follow the story and the progress of the podcast? All
1: right, so right now, the best way to follow the story and progress of it would be to follow me on my social media. Um, mainly, I use Instagram right now. So follow me on Instagram at Khalil Newton, K-A-H-L-I-L-N-E-W-T-O-N. That's where I post most of my content. I just started the Beautifully Chaotic podcast within this last week, mostly inspired by going to Project Voice and just seeing how interesting things like flash briefings and, and smaller podcasts are. So what, so what Beautifully Chaotic is, right now I'm billing it as a lifestyle micro podcast. What that means is that I'm leaving the topic open so we can discuss many things from fear to creative endeavors to relationships to things like this. where We're able to just sit down and just dig deep into random topics. So when you go there, that's where you're going to experience mostly. But yeah, Beautifully Chaotic, um, I'm a couple episodes in, I hope that people are willing to come along and follow this journey. It's going to be, sometimes it's going to be topics, other times it'll be experimental, um, maybe poetry, maybe interviews, who knows? The thing is, Beautifully Chaotic is a way for me to embrace the fact that voice tech is here, that, that we consume a lot of content through voice, and I love podcasts and audiobooks. So as I grow along this journey, hopefully you grow with me. Khalil, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI.